0: Hello, stick arounders. Um, Clive here, editor of Stick Around. I'm here to tell you um, Dave's audio didn't record this episode, and our um, Skype recorder, which is the backup we have in case something goes wrong on the recording front, um, also crashed, so we have no audio at all for Dave. He has kindly re recorded his intro uh, and a little message, which will follow uh, what I'm saying here, but I've had to basically edit the episode episode to make it sound as if he was never there. Um, this has generally worked, although you know there's a couple of places where it probably sounds a little bit odd and I've had to cut out a lot of the more bantery, conversationally sections. But um, yeah, still an enjoyable show and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Here comes Dave's message and then we'll get straight into the show. Enjoy.
1: So apologies listeners for me not being interested in this podcast. Clive has done an absolutely magnificent job tidying up the mess that I made when I did an entire podcast recording with my microphone turned to zero somehow. So a massive hat tip to Clive for rescuing the rest of this. In summary, I thought Monument Valley 2 was okay, but not worth the money. And I'm kind of looking forward to a new Spider-Man game in probably 90 years time, or whenever any of the releases that were previewed at E3 actually come out. I'll hand you back over to Clive, who has done... Again, a magnificent job and I will be coming in your ears soon. Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get
2: stuck into pop culture With stick around Hello there, and welcome to Stick Around. The podcast that will blow your mind.
0: In four years' time.
1: Brought to you by new Frey Bentos Frey. Made by the same people who brought you Frey Bentos, Frey Bentos Frey is brand new and compatible with existing knives and forks, and all knives and forks to be produced in the future. But what makes Frey Bentos Frey different? Well, it's 4 can. What is 4CAN? It's like can, but four. What is so great about 4CAN? Well, it's better, stupid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Excellent. It's it's, it's the future of meeting a (laughs) camp. I'm pleased it's compatible with all my current cutlery. Right, uh, just so you know, you're here for Games Episode 22. Yeah, that's right. We actually researched it this time. Um, how was everyone? Anyway, um, have we been playing a lot of games?
0: Um, I've been. I'm pretty tired. I've had like interviews and open evenings and all sorts. So I've not been playing probably as many as I have been recently. Not been playing loads. And I'm also at a stage where I'm kind of like halfway through a lot of stuff, <laughs> which is quite annoying when it comes to trying to do a review. But um, yeah, I've been playing a fair bit.
2: Okay then, so let's get this rolling. Uh, We're going to go into the heart of Lancashire uh, to a boy from the Isle of Wight, James Flux. What have you got for us?
3: Uh, Well, if you remember the last episode, Al, there was a game that I was going to review that we didn't get time for. Um, And so I'm now going to do that review, uh, which is Unravel. Developed by Coldwood Interactive, um and then published by EA. Um this was a game released in uh, February twenty sixteen for all the usual PS four, Xbox One, Windows, PC, blah blah blah. Um Unravels a, a puzzle platformer um from the Swedish developers Coldwood Interactive. I know Clive's not gonna be too happy about me publicising a Swedish game, but there we are. Uh um, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> This is getting edited straight out. Um it Forum's follows. <laughs> it follows the adventures of a woollen character um, that's created out of a ball of wool that falls out of an old lady's basket um, called Yani as he explores the kind of memories of his um, octogenarian creator. It's a pretty standard puzzle platformer um, where you go through different worlds and try and effectively get to the end by moving in a variety of ways. Um, I'll kick straight into the kick straight into the review. Um, it's a brilliantly simple concept. Um, I think, like all good puzzle platformers, you don't want to overcomplicate it. What you want is something simple that works really well, and then you repeat that with slightly difficult, uh, slightly more difficult challenges throughout the game. And this does the simplicity perfectly, um, as well as the uh, standard moving left and right and being able to climb on certain very limited objects, Uh, there are only really three moves. Jump, which does what it says on the tin. Uh, Lasso, (laughs) which allows you to throw um, a woolen lasso over certain interactive objects in the environment. And uh, tying knots, which effectively allows you to secure to certain points, either to swing lower down from that point, or to create a bridge between two points where there's a gap um and and that's really it those are the only controls you need throughout the entire game left right up and down and lasso jump and tie um and all of the puzzles throughout the entire game evolve varying themes around using those to um try and navigate the landscape visually i know i tend to overrate visuals but this is genuinely the most photorealistic game ever I've certainly the most I've ever seen and I've heard other people say the same. you access the different levels, which are different memories in the old lady's life, um, by going through photos that are displayed in the house, um, which is sort of the home base, if you like. and so the idea that you go into the photo, it really really works as a visual style um, and like I say the the worlds themselves are absolutely photorealistic. In particular, I know from some people that water is one of the most difficult things to um, sort of input visually as a texture, and this does an absolutely fantastic job of that. I also, in particular, like the animals that are in the environment. They're really, really well animated, um, and jo- it looks like it's a, a sort of computer game nature documentary almost when you see them. They're so realistic, and the visuals of this game are absolutely stunning. The other sort of uh, key pro to this is, is the atmosphere of the game. There is absolutely no dialogue at all. Yarni can't speak and there are no human characters at all. There are animals, but they are animals in the true sense. They're not anthropomorphized. They act like animals. If you get too close, they'll savage you. And that's about it. They don't talk. And so the entire atmosphere of the game is generated by the visuals themselves, the music... And the atmosphere around you, so the weather um, and the kind of background that whilst you can't interact with necessarily, kind of sets a visual tone. And it is very, very impressive how much they can communicate without any dialogue at all. Particularly the music I think is very impressive. It is perhaps a little heavy-handed sometimes, but it does a really, really good job of telling you what is going on in the old lady's life you know how she feels from the background of the environment that you're in. Um, and it is amazing how they convey that without dialogue. In terms of negatives, the game, as I said, sometimes it's a little heavy-handed and it tries too hard. In interviews, they've said that the game is supposed to be about the connections and the emotions, the experience and the emotions that the old lady feels through Yarni and the environment's and that it's a game about connections and life and getting older and all those sort of emotional things. And that's clearly the theme that they've tried to convey. But as I say, it's a little heavy-handed sometimes, and it's sort—it's of, clearly trying to force that message onto you. Um, and as a result, it sometimes takes you out of it a bit. And you feel like you can't perhaps engage. It's like, oh, they're obviously trying to make me feel like this. And that when you become aware of it, that stops you, thinking like that and that that's possibly possibly a bit jarring occasionally i think another con for me a lot of people have said how charming yani is as a character and how well developed he is for what is essentially a ball of all with a very inexpressive face um and they really really like him i disagree i didn't find him particularly compelling as a character there's nothing about him he moves and explores the life of this old lady and it's it's clever how you experience in her life from a more detached perspective of this thing that follows around and looks at her memories but broadly there's no personality on him at all and as a result you end up sympathizing much or empathizing perhaps much more with the old lady who you never really see than this supposedly charming lovable character um the final criticism is a difficult one because I like the puzzle platform genre but it suffer, a lot of the games suffer from the same problem which is it's very difficult to gauge a difficulty curve and set puzzles. The problem being that if you don't up the difficulty curve it becomes too repetitive. If you up it too much it becomes frustrating and I feel like the game, whilst being close, never gets it bang on. So some of the puzzles are almost impossible when you constantly fall off or die or get savaged by an animal and you get really frustrated, whereas some you basically traverse most of the level by swinging or doing very basic concepts and you're never really in any difficulty. Um, And there doesn't seem to be a consistent progression all the way through as to which one of those is which. But broadly like i say they get it right there is a there is a clear development and there are clearly harder tasks that they build in through the different levels but it's just slightly off all in all it's a really good game a lot of people raved about it when it came out and i was interested to play it um but i thought with it being one of the sort of triple i titles as they call them the kind of independent studios that team up with a big name publisher backer I was fairly confident that it would go cheaper, which it eventually did. And I picked it up in a sale, I think, for about a five or six quid, something like that. And I I have really, really enjoyed playing it. I really like the, Like I say, I really like the style and visually it's absolutely incredible. I would strongly recommend people to check it out on YouTube or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's I've really, really enjoyed it. But again, it's just a little heavy-handed with the message that it's trying to convey. I commend them for taking on such a big message, particularly like I say, without using any dialogue at all. Trying to take on a big thematic, sweeping task is a it's it is a hell of an undertaking, and they've done quite a good job. But like I say, occasionally it's just a little heavy-handed. I think it's a good game. It's not quite a great game, and I'd say we're we're sort of seven, eight out of ten definitely worth getting i'd recommend anyone to play it but again i'm not sure that i could say it was perfect in executing the concept which it intended to do i don't think it did it quite right
2: right excellent um this sounds like quite an interesting game actually i can't say as the layman of the group that i've heard of it um has anybody else uh, heard of this stall or played it
0: yeah i remember i think this was this announced at last e3 or the one before i can't remember but it was yeah it was it was um, last
3: e3 i think like i said it came out in 20 yeah. it came out sort of in 2016 and i think it was pretty much the bigger enough annu- or it was an the announcement at e3 i think was that oh it's going to be out like now um i think it was originally announced the one before and then it came out literally around about the time of e3 so there was a bit of buzz around it then as well
0: but yeah, I remember it looking good, and then when it came out, I heard uh, some mixed things kind of like what you've been saying, so I haven't got around to it, but it is one that i wanna that I'll probably play like you say in the when it goes down to about five quid. I didn't spot it this time when it did, but uh yeah, I'll definitely wanna play it, but sounds a little bit disappointing, but also sounds like the kind of game where there's some interesting gameplay mechanics, which is what I always like is it really is it particularly long flux or? uh no, it's not really
3: um i'm trying to think how many levels there are and i think it's about eight to ten
0: um right so is it like a sort of four five hour game or
3: yeah i would say i would say each level is maybe half an hour to an hour so i'd say it's probably between six and eight hours say okay Um, which is i think you would really really enjoy it
0: well worth five quid
3: yeah I think you would really enjoy it. It's very much the the theme behind it seems very Nintendo, but the styling, yeah, that's it, what it, the styling isn't me, yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> um, so I think the mm. worst thing you'll find about it is that it is uh, it is Swedish.
0: Interesting, yeah, definitely one I'll check out. Do do do. Posted it, Clive here. This is where Dave's review of Monument Valley went, uh, Dave's fantastic review, in which he said it was A-OK. I've included the chat afterwards here because it's uh, quite an interesting chat about just, you know, mobile gaming in general. So, enjoy. Do, do, do.
2: Right. Uh, you seem to be our uh, kind of a mobile games expert. Um, aside from Around the World in 80 Days, that is, which you recommended and I really enjoyed, I hadn't really... Um, played many uh, mobile games uh, Is I mean Clive you strike me as somebody who probably could get into them but you obviously play a lot of uh, Nintendo on the move um,
0: yeah exactly I, mean, yeah, ha- I normally have my 3DS and um, in fact I haven't really been carrying my Switch with me just because I still I still think of it kind of as a home <laughs> home console but I I play it a lot undocked like in my bed and stuff which is really cool but I don't usually take it out of the house and it's absolutely fantastic for something that's understated is like I can take it to my mum's and play it with my brother really easily because it's like so small even if you take the dock as well it fits easily into a bag it's way less a pain in the ass than taking your Wii U for example which has you know this huge block charging case the actual thing's pretty big and then well by the time you've got all the controllers you're taking a whole bag just for that console whereas the Switch is really easy to transport Um, and even easier if say your friend's got a dock already (laughs) then you just need to bring your Switch and you can play your save on their dock, um. But so I've not really been playing it like on trains or anything like that. I tend to take my 3DS. But yeah, I wouldn't usually play on my phone just because I enjoy playing my 3DS more. But I have actually played the first Monument Valley. So um, I wasn't that ta- enough taken enough with it to kind of be bothered about a sequel. But I did I did enjoy it. I think it had more like Dave was saying. It's more of an experience and a visual. The visuals are stunning, and I love the kind of design of it. I think it had more going for it in that department than any sort of interesting gameplay. But um, I did enjoy it, definitely. But uh, probably not enough to want any more of it, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Right. But, um, yeah, mobile games, I think, is something... Yeah, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, mobile games should... Like some gamers, they're made in they're always, like, snobby about mobile games. I think it's cool. If people enjoy mobile games, it's good. I think (laughs) any way people can have fun with games, go for it and... Even if that means having different payment models, you know. I think it is, on mobile, £5, like you say, Dave, is expensive. And some people go like, oh, well, I don't know why people say that. Because, like, on a 3DS, you know, <laughs> paying £5 for something will be cheap. But um, And a lot of mobile games have different... For that reason, they sell a lot worse because of the fact most games start off free and you kind of pay as you go. Um, but, you know, I'm fine with that format as long as it's not done in a way to deliberately kind of grab money off you and even then you know it's your choice to put money into it you don't have to So, <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's cool that there's you know so many things to play games on now
2: Flux have you, uh, are you much of a mobile game player? Um, I play a bit
3: because like Dave I have a commute but my commute is much much less than Dave's mine's about well particularly now it's maybe 15 minutes on a bus um so I tend to play the more kind of light hearted match three puzzle type type games as opposed to something that I need to get immersed in for a, a long period of time.
2: Uh right, okay. So we're gonna go from um definitively the big smoke um <laughs> to the Steel City. Uh, Clive,
0: what have you got for us? Um well I've got one game, but I'm gonna start with just a quick run through of Nintendo's E three spotlight thing a winger. As the Nintendo dude. Um, So Nintendo doesn't usually do the, you know, Sony, Microsoft. I think Microsoft did like a two-hour conference because I was going to watch it. And I realised it was two hours, 20 minutes long. I thought, uh, no, (laughs) I'll just watch uh, some highlights. And Sony's was about an hour. I still haven't got around to watching theirs either. But uh, I watched Nintendo's while I was uh, had an interview the next day. I was at school, just finished. I sat there, put it on my whiteboard (laughs) while I was planning the lesson for my interview the next day. Because I'm such a dedicated Nintendo fan, um, it was only 25 minutes long, but there's uh, quite a few announcements, um, and I'll go through them quickly and kind of my excitement levels as such. Um, it starts with Kirby, which uh, 2D Kirby game looks prop- looks pretty, but um, I'll probably play it, but I'm not particularly excited because I have played a Ki- I played Kirby Triple Deluxe on 3DS, which was good, but I've always felt Kirby games felt a little bit slow and possibly a little bit too easy, and it's just not a gameplay sort of style that appeals to me that much so i'm not you know massively excited for it but i probably will play it um, then they announced that there was going to be a pokemon rpg for the switch which i'm pretty excited about although they didn't really say anything about it other than it's a core <laughs> it's going to be a core game so i assume it's going to be a mainline game and this will be the first one on a home console um, so i'm excited to see what they do with that in terms of like the additional graphics power and stuff um that was cool. There was uh, Metroid. I love the way they announced. Um, so PlayStation last year, PS, they had a conference that everyone, for some reason, went, you know, everyone was like, it's the fucking best conference I've ever seen. Um, I was less taken because they, and out, they, it was just like a load of CGI trailers for games that were coming out in four years' time. It's kind of the joke we made at the start. Nintendo went for the option of, announcing metroid prime 4 literally just (laughs) it just showed a logo and said in development (laughs) and i uh i remember just sitting there clapping (laughs) i was just like i kind of liked it the uh just like you know we're not even going to be asked about making a cgi trailer that's not going to show you what the gameplay is like we'll just tell you it's in development (laughs) deal with it um and if you're not familiar it like if you're not in sort of as deep into nintendo circles as i am you probably won't know how awaited Metro and Prime 4 is, but it's literally been a running joke for probably the last like five E3s. Is there going to be another Metroid Prime? Uh, And, you know, people have basically lost hope, and finally it's been announced, so there's pretty big excitement across the board. Didn't say anything about when it's going to come out, but it's happening. Um, I personally haven't played any Metroid Prime games at all. I know the first on GameCube is considered to be one of the best games of all time, but I've never actually got around to playing it. So, I'll definitely play this one.
2: It's brilliant. It's... Yeah. yeah, it's a really good game. The original, I, I did, it's the only one I've played, but it's one of my favourite games in the GameCube.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. I always forget
2: about it though for some reason.
0: Yeah, interesting. I've always I've heard it's fantastic, and I actually bought the Metroid Prime tr- trilogy on the Wii when they released it for that, but I never got around to playing it. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for that. I'm more excited for the fact other people are super excited, and yeah, like I say, I, I like the way that they just told us it was in development and didn't do a CGI trailer. I <laughs> thought that's kind of cool. There's a Yoshi game coming. Um, again, I'm, ha- I'm happy they're making these Yoshi games a bit more regular now, because it was before the Yoshi's Woolly World. It had been a while since we had a decent one. So, it, you know, mildly excited there's another one. Not, again, completely... It's, it's only been like a year or so since I played the last one, so I'm not desperate to play another one just yet. But um, probably by 2018 when it comes out, I'll be excited for it. Um... <laughs> Mario and Rabbids, this was an interesting one, but this one had been leaked quite a while ago, so I kind of knew it was coming. Rabbids is like a Ubisoft franchise of strange looking rabbits that's apparently huge in Japan, not so big here. This looks interesting, It's like a it seems like a sort of puzzle game where you have a team of Mario and these rabbits, and you have to, it's like turn-based strategy type thing, it was a bit vague and I haven't seen, um, they've since released quite a lot of gameplay stuff as nintendo do they have what's called treehouse which goes on for like seven bloody hours and you can watch gameplay of all the games but i've only watched the mario odyssey which i'll get into after so i haven't watched much of this i don't know loads but it looks interesting to say the least so and that's coming out in august the 29th so a bit more uh, recent so that should be quite fun and then super mario odyssey um, which I am super, super excited for, even before I saw this. Seeing the trailer made me even more excited. I then watched <coughs> some of the gameplay afterwards on the tree houses like half an hour. It's probably about a few hours now, but I've watched like half an hour, an hour or so. And it looks awesome. I'm so happy with like the direction they're taking it because um, since Super Mario 64, which is my favourite Mario game, although I do love pretty much every 3D Mario game, um, since Super Mario 64, which was quite exploration-based, like you went in the level, but you could kind of quite often you could get any of the like six or so stars or however many it was per level at any point like you could enter on one star and you'd land in the world but then you could get one of the other stars if you wanted to Um, and i always like that about it this looks more like that it's got really massive it's all it's not open world as such but it is almost because each of the worlds is so big you still i think you need to collect certain things to get to the next world so it's not completely open world but i wouldn't necessarily want that anyway i think I don't think everything needs to be completely open world. But um, it just looks really, really good. The levels look really well designed. It looks He's got this mechanic of Mario can throw his cap and take control of things. Like um, at the start of the video, he takes control of a huge T-Rex. If you throw the cap at the T-Rex, the cap goes on the T-Rex. <laughs> and then you're in control of it. And you can take control of cars and all sorts of cool things. Um, it's quite weird because the graphics look... Obviously, Mario himself doesn't look realistic. But he's in a lot of worlds that look quite realistic, which is an interesting juxtaposition, but I thought it worked. I wasn't convinced initially when it was first announced. I was a bit like, "Mm, not sure. But um, since watching loads of gameplay of it now, I'm I'm completely convinced by it, and it looks really, really good. So I'm super, super excited for that coming out in, apparently, uh, October the 27th. And the fact they've kind of given it a solid date makes me fairly confident that they're not going to delay it. And also it looked... By the sort of gameplay I've seen, it looks you know fairly, pretty far into development. So uh, I like the way they yeah they seem to be taking it into a new direction and going. I don't know. I think it could be another really classic Mario game like you know Galaxy and 64. Super Mario World on the Wii U was great. You know it was sort of a a nine nine point five out of ten, but it wasn't quite onto a ten just because it didn't break any boundaries for me. Uh, so yeah, super excited about Super Mario Odyssey, and that is basically it. Um, has anyone watched any of the other thingies like Xbox or PlayStation and got found anything particularly exciting or otherwise?
3: <laughs> I haven't watched the Xbox One in full.
0: Um, well, it is two like hours, like you say,
3: because no. it's like two hours. <laughs> um, I saw it pop up um, on my Xbox thing to watch as a when you're ready. Watch this, and I was going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I've been quite busy and haven't got round to it. And then I was like, oh. I, when we knew we were going to be recording, I was like, "Oh, I should watch the um, Xbox E Three news because they'll, they'll want to report." And then I was like, two hours, spin that off." So I watched a ten minute highlight video. Um, <laughs> Same. Good and good I was I was effectively going to uh, outline that at the end. But since you've since you've brought into it, the the uh, the big announcement really is uh, the Xbox One X, um, which is the uh, console that Project Scorpio has now become. Um, so that was the big announcement, but I'll I'll go through a few bits uh, after you've done your main review, Clive.
0: Um, well, that's basically me done, so you could uh, you could take it from here if you like, because there's no other. Yeah, but well, I just wanted to say basically, I'm you know happy that the, I'm happy the Switch is going to continue giving me good games by the looks of it. And um, even if you know it's a little bit, I still think the lineup is looking a little bit thin for this year. But I think the stuff is that is coming out looks really good and. I've, you know, I've got the PS4 to play my indie games on to fill the gaps, uh, so I'm not massively concerned. But yeah, I'm just pleased that they seem to be kind of listening to what the fans have been wanting for a while, especially with Metroid Prime 4, uh, that they're doing that, and I think they're kind of going, they're going all in on the Switch, which is good to see. So, all good, even if I'm not massively excited about everything in the trailer. There's certainly a few things that look really, really good.
2: Fantastic.
0: But go on Flux.
3: Take it, Flux. Cool. Yeah. Well, obviously the like I say, I've not I've not watched the full review, so it's not I'm not gonna be uh, going through every game or anything like that. Um, but I'll give you I'll give people the highlights on the Xbox One X, um, as it was announced. Um How many teraflops? I'm dying to know. <laughs> uh, I've do you know what? I've i brought it up so I could tell people because I was gonna I'd love the word teraflops, so I was like, oh I'm definitely gonna give you that. Um, it's a six, six teraflop GPU, mate. So, boom.
0: yeah, Anytime. it took me it took me a few months to realise that that was an actual thing. I thought it was people taking the piss, <laughs> like just making up some technical yeah, I, word because they got fed up of.
3: <laughs> it does sound like the sort of jargon word someone would make up to try and convince someone who's an idiot, like oh no, teraflops, mate. Yeah, yeah, definite. Um, yeah. So I can see why you'd why you'd think that. Um, essentially, the the concept of the Xbox One X really is to be a true 4K console. Obviously, the Xbox One S and the PS Pro have kind of brought in limited 4K capabilities. Um, and they say some games will be supported and so on and so forth. The The point of the Xbox One X is to be a 4K console. The idea is that it will run all games in 4K at 60 frames per second and be visually very, very impressive and cinematic um, and it will allow uh, sort of Dolby surround sound audios and Atmos systems and stuff like that to be compatible with it. Um, I think Xbox are realistic about it in that they're not expecting it to be a big new console that everyone rushes out and buys. Then what they've said is they want to provide what is effectively a premium product. For the people that care about the improved graphics and things like that, there are people that really, really want that, particularly PC gamers who already have that in their PCs and stuff through their graphics cards and now want a version that they can have whilst they're on their sofa or what have you. And they've said this is or Phil Spencer's implied that essentially this is what that this is what the Xbox One X is. It's a console for those people. The people that want the real kind of high end graphics, high end performance, brilliant. Go out, get an Xbox One X. You'll really, really enjoy it. It will have all the like 4K, seamless, very limited loading time. And it is the most powerful console they've built for that reason. That, that It is for those high-end people. He doesn't expect everyone who has an Xbox One to go out and rush out and buy it. I think he understands that it's not for everyone. It's for those kind of elite people that have a 4K TV and want that 4K experience. So... I'm not within that category. I'm not going to rush out and buy one. But it's an interesting move from Microsoft. They're not saying this is going to be the console that everyone's going to go out and buy and you're going to need it for all the new games and stuff like that. They're not saying that at all. And Whilst not explicitly stated, I'm pretty sure the idea is that games will be compatible across all of them. It's just that they'll be available in high-end performance on the Xbox One X than they will be on the others. But yeah, it's it's an interesting direction to to particularly core a smaller version of the market with a brand-new console, as it theoretically is. It's interesting, I'd like to see mm-hmm. how it works. I would like it if it did work and there could be a continuation that they have talked about before. They've talked about it being a continuum so that you don't have to buy every new console to get the games that are out for that console, that it's a sliding scale, and that you can... Pick and choose as and when kind of a console comes out that's right for you. It'd be interesting if that works as a concept. I, I hope that it does. But yeah, this this seems to be the first step towards that. That it's targeting a particular part of the market, not the whole market. Um, It'll be other, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Flux. Um, other thing news. <laughs> I'll they've make point to the end. They've announced a few few games. Um, there was a section for Idea Xbox, which is the kind of independent um, arm of xbox promotion if you like obviously cuphead was featured um because a load of people are excited about that um but they also featured a few more games and it's good to see kind of independent titles brought back to the front of microsoft a bit um they were kind of the forerunners of the original xbox there was a lot of id support and they did a lot of stuff for independent gamers and um sorry not the original xbox the xbox 360 sorry um, and they did a lot to kind of promote independent titles on that, and it kind of fell by the wayside a bit, I think, in the Xbox One. Um, so it's good to see that featured in a big way. Um, there's also a look at a few games. Anthem looks pretty cool. Um, it's sort of a, it looks like a sort of first-person shooter, but where you get into a variety of mech suits that are kind of small mech suits, not big uh, Gundam-style things, um, and that looks pretty cool. And yeah, there's a there's a few other. Few other games that look pretty cool. Um, Forza, they made a big deal over Forza, but uh, not for me. I'm not a big racing game fan. Um, but they announced a new car whilst doing Forza. They announced a new Porsche 911 at the same time in a really weird move. Um, <laughs> but where it's just like, oh yeah, Forza. Do we we work really close with the motoring industry, and that's why we're going to announce the new Porsche? And there's, there's suddenly a car <laughs> on the stage at a games expo. Um, <laughs> odd, brilliant, odd. Um, but you know, I I can see how it ties in with Forza and people that like cars and stuff like that. it's Probably an amazing deal for
2: them. But I'm not one of them. Um, like I say, the... there can't be that much of a crossover. There. <laughs> there can't be. There must be like you know, like a couple of hundred people in the world who that's a great crossover for.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I say, there's a there's a few games that look <laughs> exciting. Um, mm. There was some some more um, gameplay stuff of Sea of Thieves and Assassin's Creed, um, and a few bits and bobs like that um, that I'm sure some people will be really excited about, and others will be like, "Oh, not another Assassin's Creed," which entirely understandable. <laughs> That's the boat I'm in. Um, yeah. But like I say, the the Xbox One X was the the big news, and it's a it's just an interesting move from Microsoft to particularly target the high end market only and not make a console that's designed for everyone. And they're, Microsoft are very, very um, business savvy, I'm sure. I'm sure they've done their research, and I hope it works out for them. Because, um, like I say, I like the idea of a continuum where you don't have to buy every new console to get every game, and that instead you can pick the one that's right for your needs. I like that as an idea. It makes gaming more accessible for everyone that way.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, though, because like in, say, once they've done the Xbox One, Triple X three years down the line. Um, will that one then mean that the original, <laughs> original Xbox One can't play anything? Also, how ridiculous will these names get in a few years' time? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when surely at some point the game they make for the newest Xbox isn't going to work on the Xbox 4, you know, 15 years da- fifteen that's 15 years older. Um, so it's going to be a bit like a PC situation where at some point your PC becomes obsolete. And you're having to you have to buy a new one, and then it's decision of like which new one do you get? Do you get the one that's not the newest? But I don't know. It's it's interesting. We'll see what happens. I could see it being more of a like thing, just being a a halfway thing happening regularly, but still having console cycles. Like next they'll have the Xbox Two or whatever. Uh, they'll come up with some other ridiculous name, Xbox minus one, and then that'll be the next. Then they'll have a halfway Xbox minus one X. And then um, then it'll be the next set again. But we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. It is definitely interesting. But I'm glad... Um, yeah. Uh, personally, I, I like you, Flux. I'm just totally not in the wheelhouse of like being bothered about having six teraflops. I couldn't give a shit. If the game works and looks good...
2: <laughs> Tera- teraflops. <laughs> uh, if
0: the game works and looks good, I'm down. And, you know, the, the console I'm having the best time with is the Switch, which is the one with the least
2: power. So that probably says a lot. But, Yeah. Anyway, Al, what are we going to say? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just um, I'm confused. You know, I prefer the old days where you just knew that you bought your new console and that it would probably be good for you know five six yeah. years. Well, it
0: still is, to be fair. Now it seems like. I suppose the worry is that they start developing for the, the um, yeah. Xbox One X and then it yeah it runs on the Xbox One but the performance is a bit crappy. That's the worry, isn't it? But we'll see. Yeah, and
3: that's and like you say, it's when that. When that comes uh. to an end, if it is going to be a continuum, how often are you going to have to buy a new console Yeah, <laughs> to effectively to keep up? Um, but, I mean, if it is a continuum and it works well, it would maybe work that, like I say, this one's targeted at the high end now, but that actually mm-hmm. you could always just buy the previous one so that if you're an Xbox One owner now and they start making games where the, ex- the original Xbox One doesn't keep up, that actually you could buy an Xbox One S say mm. after they do the X2 or however they're going to name these systems um yeah. and it would be interesting if you could do that so that you could effectively always get a console that whilst not new wasn't is new enough price, to run yeah. it whilst not necessarily being a 500 quid budget every time
0: yeah it'll um,
3: be interesting for sure but yeah
0: we'll see we'll see how we'll see I'm how totally not against it existing you know people will buy it and if they want to buy it, that's cool, but it's not for me.
2: Right, okay. Um moving to I think our final part of the pod. Uh Clive, what else have you got to talk about?
0: Um well we will just pass the hour mark, so I'll just make it really quick. I didn't have loads to say about it anyway. But um I was just gonna quickly mention I've been playing Trials Fusion. Uh, it's the one I've mentioned I'm playing like four games and i halfway through a lot of them. This is the one where I've I've not completely finished it, but I think I'm kinda of done with it, so I'll do the review. Um Essentially it's like one of those uh sort of, of sort of cheap web games or free web games where you're kind of in control of a motorbike and you can lean forward and backwards and it's 2D. Uh, you basically accelerate, lean forward and backwards and you have to try and land properly and go and over jumps. I'm sure you've all had a go on those kind of simple games. Um, it's basically that sort of, you know, turned up to 11. It's instead of it's still basically 2D, it's 2.5D as in you know, the background and things are all 3D, and sometimes you're not moving exactly left to right, but you're always moving, it's always a very 2D plane of motion that you're going in. So it's the gameplay's still very similar. Um, it feels, I mean, it looks, for a start, it looks really pretty, the backdrops are really nice, um, there's explosions, makes things exciting, you know, uh, the tracks are well designed. It feels great to play gameplay-wise, the... The kind of satisfaction of landing, making a perfect landing once you've, uh, you know, lent lent the right amount forward or backwards is really good. Uh, the suspension feels nice when you hit the ground. It feels really like you're riding a motocross bike, which is kind of a something I've never done. But I've always enjoyed um, games with motocross bikes. I remember motocross madness back in, uh, bloody I don't know, probably the 90s. <laughs> One of the first games I played. I used to love it. Um, there's... You know, plenty of worlds that are interesting, different backdrops. You know, some different things going on. Uh, some a few different gameplay mechanics. There's you know tricks and things, but I didn't find that that entertaining. It's and I thought you know after sort of three or four hours, I found it got a little bit repetitive, even if what it was doing was fun. I think it's the type of game which you'll get loads out of if you're really into high scores. Um, but I'm not particularly. But I'm more of the type of person who's like, alright well I've got a bronze medal on that level. I'll go to the next one. <laughs> Uh, I'm not particularly bothered about getting goals on every level. But um, it kind of forces you to go down that road a bit because you have to have a certain amount of medals to unlock the next world, which in a sense was good because it made me uh, re-try some of these other maps and actually try to perfect them a little bit better, which was actually quite enjoyable. But eventually I just sort of ran out of steam with it and found, you know, it had kind of run out of ideas a bit. But it's the kind of game I'd recommend. It's a really good palate cleanser, as we always say on this podcast. It's a good thing you can just sort of play... I think it would be much better on the Switch because it's, it's literally a game that you can play for 10 minutes and then, you know, stop. And that's something that is, the Switch is much easier to do on because you don't have to boot up the whole system and blah, blah, blah. But I, I've enjoyed it. But, you know, I wouldn't pay the... I don't know, I think it's like 12 quid full price. I wouldn't pay that. I paid about four quid and it was worth that, definitely. And I've had fun with it. And I'm glad I've tried one of these trials games. This is like the fifth, I think. Um, so I kind of know what they're about. But, yeah, I probably won't be playing another one in a massive hurry. But, yeah, a good little palate cleanser. And if you're looking for a cheap game, if it's in the sale, I would totally recommend it as a bit of a bit of a fun ride for three or four hours. Or if you're really into high scores, then you probably will get a lot more out of it than I have because, you know, there's loads of content based around that and you can do tricks and whatever else to perfect your scores. And there's le- online leaderboards if you're into that kind of shizzle. But I'm not being an uncompetitive... <laughs> Person, uh, yeah. So that's that.
2: Right, smashing. Um, Clive, I'm uh, currently having difficulty <laughs> assessing. You know where I am in the time space continuum. Uh, any ideas?
0: Sorry, Al. Um, I just accidentally unplugged my.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing a long builder. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was,
0: <laughs> I was like, he's pushing this. I wasn't so doing a dramatic. Adeptive. I wasn't doing a dramatic long pause. Um, what were you saying, Al? sorry? you'd lost something. Oh, I can't remember quite was. Yeah, it I, uh,
2: I appear to have lost my time, uh, my space. In, oh, in, how convenient! In the space-time continuum. Can you help me oh, with Jesus.
0: that? Oh um, Jesus! Yeah, let me just fire up my space-time continuum place identifier. It's plug time at stickaroundcast on Twitter, stickaroundpodcast.com on the internet, facebook.com slash stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, obviously, Um, we are on Instagram slash stickaroundpodcast, I haven't posted a picture on there recently, so I should probably do one, Um, Patreon slash stickaround, we're on there, if you want to give us some money towards uh, hosting the website and all that shizzle, keeping my lights on, paying for microphones, you know, all that fun stuff. Would be appreciated. Uh, Subscribe on your podcast apps. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, I think I've covered most. Oh, email us at stickaroundpodcasts at com. Send us, you know, suggestions, ideas, shout-outs, whatever you want. Uh, We'll read them out. it would be cool to hear from you. And I think that covers it all. Have I missed something?
2: No, I I believe you've got it, Clive. I believe you've got it.
0: Getting good, finally.
2: Yeah finally getting professional Um, as we
0: approach our 100th episode Ooh. well I think we might be about 10 episodes away I can't remember, we're getting close anyway
2: (laughs) I think we're back next time with music Um...
0: yeah we are and I've got a lot to talk about on that front so excited
2: excellent, right okay it's goodbye from James Cable Uh, no it is not goodbye it's (laughs) goodbye from James Flux (laughs) Oh, it's been let down now. I can't even, not even my
3: proper name. Who, who, who brought this guy into to present? Uh, goodbye,
2: everyone.
0: <laughs> He's getting goodbye his James is confused.
2: Th- and goodbye from Clive Owen. <laughs> I
0: knew that was coming. Bye. And bye from what me. What does Clive Owen say a lot? I don't know. Nothing. Stick Watch around. Stick around. Stick
2: around.
1: Thank you all for listening, rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe,
2: it's Stick Around.